Welcome back to Sesame's Trivia, the podcast where I just say something. This is Brent. I've got a lot of data. And I'm I've got a lot of data. Got a lot of data, huh? Got a big old data right here. Data. Data is the singular data. All right. So we only have one topic tonight. We're going to be arguing about what type of data format to use in Plantext. Yeah. But Jathan and I had a pretty big discussion about this, and we brought it into our, well, my Lug channel. And Twitter. And Twitter to a list. Thanks for everyone who voted, you fuckers. You picked the wrong fucking answer. (laughs) Yeah, you picked the one answer that we both agreed was terrible. But whatever. We'll we'll talk more about that in a bit. What are all of you drinking? Go ahead, Jathan. I am drinking Stranahan's Colorado Whiskey. Yeah. Hands. Call it risky. Wow, that's that's good. Brent, that's pretty good you, stuff. What what are you drinking, Brent? Water. <laughs> oh, oh, I need okay. to I need yeah. to stay awake and whiskey ain't gonna do it, so I need to I'm I'm just drinking water. Yeah. Well, I am drinking Glenfiddich, twelve years old, and it is mighty tasty. There you go. Old enough to uh try out for Pee Wee Soccer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that what? has to do with anything. <laughs> I don't either. You see, Jathan, the see? The older that Scotch is, the more prized it is. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. That's a good. And it's the same way with women, right? The older, the better. Well, I feel like there's a cap on that, perhaps. But uh, um, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what painted? Were you going to say actually, eighty-year-olds? No, no. I gotta love yeah, them. I mean, there's, a, there's a limit that you draw that line it's it's unique for every male but uh, yeah there's definitely a limit where um the older is not necessarily the better yeah yeah again depending on the male we we know that jathan does like older women though so that is that is established and they old women older women older women are wise they are generally how do i put this less prone to being i don't want to say crazy because that sounds shitty and derogatory but you know like unsavory college aged females can be a little bit uh, wild at times well they're they're figuring their shit out so uh, you know. well and so yeah, are you I, I can i can attest to behavior that i have i have witnessed from from females when i was uh, in my early 20s and, and, and even teenage years and i can attest that the younger females tend to want to play more games and test you about your loyalties uh, you know it however does, it does uh, go both my ways. personal experience and, it does go oh, both yeah. ways when i was in Absolutely. my 20s i was i was like worried about like proving myself and that kind of stuff too yeah so you know there's there's I think nobody really gets their shit together until they turn 25. That's, that's nobody starts true. getting their shit together, yeah. That's absolutely 100% true. That's, that's uh, I, need to, I need to clarify that my statement does not only include females, but plenty of males, too. Myself included. We're complete and total morons. <laughs> and yep, been there. I would even say that at the grand old age of 39 that I'm still sometimes a complete and total moron. Thankfully, I have a good loving wife who takes care of me. Yeah, yeah same. Uh, you, no, you don't. Yeah, I'm just glad she takes care of Peyton because oh, he's a shitty Oh, I, I thought idiot. you meant you have a wife that takes stuff. care of you. Oh my god. You're a <laughs> piece of work, Jathan. Uh, Jathan, was that was that like a, a wife joke? No, it was like a... It was an idiot joke? I love Peyton joke. Oh, I, he's an idiot. Joke. I was I was half expecting you to say I love Peyton's wife joke, and I was like, all right, we need to stop the show now. Okay, yeah, that'd be fine. That'd be fine. Moving on. Moving on. So we've we've got some news tonight. We we definitely a fair have bit some of news. news. Some some kind of at least one good news. But yeah, we'll uh, actually. You know what? I'm gonna have the first one. I'm gonna have Jathan take that one because he's he's the czar of of planning that. The czar? Did you say the czar? Yeah. Okay. He's the party oh, yeah, czar. Yeah, that's fine. You know? I just was curious. I, I thought that's what you said. He's, so he's the, the czar of showing of shit. Well, he's the czar of thirds. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> shut the fuck up and look at my shit. Okay. Because I'm going to show I, my shit I'm right now. I'm going to go ahead and just stop All right, you right Bob, there. Go ahead. Say, no, I'm not <laughs> the first... Uh, wait, could you make the news sound? <laughs> I'm Jathan with the news. Just one news. For those of you who have been listening to us since last season, not only do we love you and feel sorry for you, but for our last episode of season zero, we had what 
came to be known as the shit show. Mm -hmm. So we basically opened up Mumble for anybody who wanted to join. We streamed ourselves by some fashion on Twitch. And we basically, you know, there was no format to the show necessarily. We kind of just rambled on and had a good time. And some people enjoyed listening to it and other people did not. But now that we do have more devout followers who we appreciate, we would like to keep in the tradition or what will hopefully become a tradition of oh having... Oh my gosh, get to the point! <laughs> no, I'm yeah. not getting to the point. I'm, sh- I'm showing you my shit. No, shut up! Get to the okay. point now. We, we would like to stick with the tradition or hopefully to be tradition... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> of having... You have 10 seconds. Go. Of having a season finale that we will call The Shit Show. So this year's Shit Show will be at 2100 Eastern Standard Time. That's 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on December 7th. <laughs> and that December will... December 70th? Really? Really? That's <laughs> not what I wrote, day? by the way. Really? So... It says 7th. It says 7. I said 7th. I see December 7th, 70th. Yeah, I see it too in the notes, but I said 7th. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'm smart like that. I can, wow. I can work on the fly. Okay, keep going. <laughs> so in any case, get Mumble downloaded. Work with us ahead of time to get certs, or maybe we won't do certs. I don't know. Well, I'll I I open it up to to password entry. Okay, I, I so we password. will provide the password on the date of the event. We encourage you to have some drinks with us via Mumble. We will be finding a way to stream everything so that if you want to just listen live, you are free to do that. And you can even call in if you want to. Most importantly, the whole thing will be recorded. It'll be the final episode, and then we will take roughly a month-long hiatus before season two. Month-long? You mean two months-long? Oh, shit. No, we started I don't in February. Know. Yeah. I, whatever. More I on. just love you guys so much, we better still <laughs> hang out on Mumble once a week. Uh, once every other week. Yeah. Yeah. That's, once every other week is what we do now, Jaytha. <laughs> whatever. Like, I'm not <laughs> even drunk know, yet. Do you know our recording schedule? Do you know what, what day it is? <laughs> I actually don't. My mom called me today and I was like, Mom, I'm just so glad that tomorrow's Wednesday already. <laughs> Did you oh really? My God. And really? it was when she said that today was Wednesday that I realized we had to record tonight. Oh my gosh. Oh boy. You, you, mean, you mean the conversation we had about recording tomorrow yesterday? Okay. We are not going to talk about this beyond saying it's the day after election day. I well, stayed you up were extremely Beyonce? late last night. You were kind of night. drunk, weren't you? Yeah, you got drunk oh, on yours. Oh, no. No, you were drunk. drunk on yours. I, was, I wasn't you actually so drunk yours, You were so drunk you admitted yours. Dude, yeah, you, you were, were so drunk that drunk. you said that yours was the best thing you'd ever seen or tasted in your entire life. I it, didn't say that. You said you were going to marry yours. I, I don't know if he said that, but he was definitely so drunk that he said he was drunk. And usually when people are so drunk that they say they're drunk, they're pretty freaking ah, drunk. I'm drunk. That was paid. That was Jayton last night. I'm drunk. Right. So Jayton, what were you actually? What were you actually drunk on? Well, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. God. Started the night out with some mixing it all together. Why not? And yep. then uh, you know, just drink everything all at once. You'll be fine. The <laughs> the polling results started to come in, and then I was like, "Well, this is just not going to do." So then I got some scotch out. When did then you, I thought I needed to get some... actually drink the Yorsh. Yeah. No, I didn't actually drink any Yorsh. Then oh, why did you say you so were? You, so you're a liar. No, I was drunk as fuck. <laughs> that's that's what it is. You're a liar. I see how. Dude, not only I, are you a drunkard, you're a lying you drunkard. A drunkard. I am a drunk you're a liar. lying drunkard, drunk, drunk, <laughs> alcoholic, drunk, liar. <laughs> okay, all right, we get the point. All right, Peyton, you want to continue with the news? Yeah, all right. Okay. Let's continue with the news. This is Peyton with the news after that very long-winded windbag. Wait, just to reiterate, in case you no. skipped all that, December 7th, 2100 EST, shit show, mumble, be there. Right. Be we'll, there or be square. We'll it's have details in, in IRC and, and Twitter as well. So, all right, Peyton, go ahead. All right, it. all right. Okay, so we reported a couple episodes ago about Lenovo creating laptops that can only boot Windows. Well, after some serious protests, Lenovo has added the ability for Linux to work on the Yoga 900 and 900S laptops. They issued a BIOS update so users can load Linux on the 900, 900S and IdeaPad 710 laptops. This is good, good news because originally they were set for the Microsoft Store only and of course Microsoft wants to highlight, hey, Microsoft only. This is a Linux only BIOS. So if you want to load another OS or you want to use Windows, don't load the firmware. So people who want to dual boot are shit out of luck then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still only single boot. And I'm guessing Maybe. that... I don't know. Uh, I would like to... See if we can find that out. I'll put, I'll put well, it in your Well, I mean, it, according to this, it's saying it's a Linux-only BIOS, so you could dual boot other Linux distros. But if you want to boot Windows, right. you have to use the other Windows BIOS. Well, so, you yeah, can, you cannot dual boot from yeah, what it tells. You could probably use the Windows bootloader 
the Windows UEFI bootloader to, to chain load into Linux. I would love for Lenovo to provide me one so we can try it. Yeah. Lenovo. Hey, Lenovo. <laughs> hey. How you doing? listening. Hey. Sure, why not? Okay. So we also reported that Samsung phones were blowing up and you couldn't take one on an airplane with you anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, it's now moved on to Samsung washers. <laughs> At this point, ladies and gentlemen, don't buy anything Samsung. Okay? Okay. Great. Oh, my gosh. The next thing I have here is a lovely article uh, from Black Hills InfoSec about bypassing two-factor authentication on OWA and Office 365 portals. I am not going to get into the meat of this. I will just tell you that it is very intriguing, and they did test it, and it did work. And we'll, of course, have a link, so if you want to... And we'll, of course, have a link. This is, you know, pretty pretty interesting. So, MacBook Pro, the new MacBook Pro has obviously been released with the touch bar. It only has 16 gigabytes of RAM to save battery life. Now... Only six gig, 16 gigs of RAM. Right. Now, I'm curious about this. And maybe, you know, one of you two can 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 help me understand mm-hmm. why you can't have a max of 32 gigs. Why is 16 the magic number to uh, improve battery life? Is it because you won't cache as much the RAM? Oh, that doesn't make no sense clue. to me. I have no no idea. No? My guess is the power going to the banks on the, on the RAMs. Mm. But, like, that doesn't... I can't imagine the power draw would be that great. Well, here's the funny thing. Mac Rumors emailed them, and they talked to... Phil Schiller himself, mm-hmm. and asked the lack of a 32 gigabyte, 32 gigabyte PTO option for the new MacBook Pros raise some eyebrows and cause some concerns. Does three around three gigabits per second bandwidth bandwidth make this a moot issue? I.e., memory paging on a 16 gigabyte system is so fast that 32 gigabytes is not a significant improvement. Schiller said, "Thank you for the email. It is a good question. Thank you, America. I'm glad no, I'm okay." To put more than 16 gigabytes of fast RAM into a notebook design at this time would require a memory system that consumes much more power and wouldn't be efficient enough for a notebook. I hope you check out this new generation MacBook Pro. It really is an incredible system. Great. Fantastic. So he didn't really answer the question, except to say that it wouldn't be efficient and would require more power. Yeah, but that doesn't why? Really, that doesn't tell me why. So yeah. we will have a link to this. And if you want to email Phil Schiller, then yeah, if, but also if you if you know why that is, please let us know because I'm yeah I'm not a hardware engineer or anything like that. I'm not a hardware designer. I'm not a hardware architecture. But so like I don't know why that would be the case. But I I have my doubts as to why 16 to 24 or 16 to 32 why that jump would make any sort of significance. Yeah, I I have 24 in my ThinkPad and no oh no the battery lasts seven hours instead of eight. Mm. Uh, whatever anyway. So we reported obviously on Dirty Cow. Well, there's an article here from October 29th that Dirty Cow was live patched in Ubuntu within hours of publication. So if you're like, you know, stressed that you think that Ubuntu isn't providing you up to date security patches, well, that's incorrect. They are definitely working very hard to push that information out to you as quickly as they can. This is, uh, we're going to have this, this article in here. If you have not updated uh, or checked your status, then you need to go ahead and run this and, you know, make sure your stuff's all updated. And then we, the last thing we have is a report from GitHub. They inadvertently released private repository information. They have notified everyone about this. There were 156 private repositories that were affected, including one of GitHub's. Now, I wonder if because it was including GitHub that they have done this or if they actually are, you know, like legitimately trying to be, you know, let their users know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, um, go ahead. I mean... I, I'm just going to reiterate what I've said probably at least three times on the show itself sure. or multiple times on Twitter. Run your own source repositories. Don't mm-hmm. trust a, a provider with that. We've we've already seen that with the, what was it, the, the one DDoS that <laughs> took yeah. down GitHub. We've mm-hmm. definitely seen it with SourceForge, which is when I first started warning against this. <laughs> God, I always forget they exist, and then you have to fucking bring it up. <laughs> Usually you're the one that brings them up. SourceForge. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. They're still around, but, you know, I, I feel like they never quite recovered from that downtime. Yeah, host your own stuff. Like, at least as your primary repository. Using, like, something like GitOlite, which we have talked about on the show in the past. I'll link to the show notes where we talk about that in that episode. But it's super easy to set up a really nice alternative to that using GitOlate if you just need command line access for the server. Or GitLabs. If you wait, is it GitLab or GitLabs, Jathan? GitLab. GitLab, singular. Or GitLab, if you need something more akin to GitHub with like a web interface and stuff. You have some options and you should definitely use them and self-host your your code repositories as the primary sort of thing. If you want to mirror to GitHub, that's fine. That's totally your prerogative. GitOlite has some really neat things that'll let you mirror to it automatically. But don't rely on that as your primary like repository. That being said, I could probably say I I saw this coming. You know, like... 
it's well, a matter of time. Well, you know, the one thing that I just want to say before we get, you know, into this more, mm. I'm totally with you there. I mean, at the institution I'm at, I'm talking about researchers and we actually, we want to make Git really accessible for them. I just taught a workshop last week on like intro to Git, just very basic Git usage, how you can use Git to collaborate and store, your, you know, whatever it is that you're using Git for. Sure. Now that Git has the LF. S, large file system, or whatever the hell it's called, built in. That's mm. a really nice way to track changes to very large files. So I'm totally with you there. I struggle every day because people are always saying to me, you know, well, why would we use this when GitHub gets so much more visibility and is so much more accessible? And it's like, why would you want to trust people you don't know, I guess, you know, mm. if it's something that so simply could be hosted elsewhere? Well, the we... other thing, though, go Sorry. ahead. Oh, I no. was, was going to say, we talk a lot about these same kind of issues in the in last And not episode. just with regards to Git, even, but in general, like, you know, the one time I think we might have said, don't do it yourself is email. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Unless, well, unless you know what you're doing. Sure. It, yeah. Right. But the other thing is, this is the only thing that I'm going to say here, probably that's positive is at the very least, at least GitHub made an incident report and mm-hmm. sent it out to people. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah that's... which in any case, no matter who you are, whether we agree with you or not, is a respectable thing to do. Period. Transparency is. I'm. I'm glad I'm seeing more instances of transparency. I think. Well, I think that you know it's starting to take hold in a sense. In that people are starting to actually value that when they're looking for a company to do their hosting or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Whereas for a long time, I don't think people gave it any thought. You mean from a consumer standpoint? From a consumer standpoint, uh, and not 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 necessarily average consumer, but you I, know, like uh... like if I could get some kind of hosting that was exactly the same price as Linode. But maybe the one difference between them was Linode discloses all their vulnerabilities and their their breaches. And this other mm-hmm. company has not been so clear about that. Personally, I'm going to choose Linode because I, I understand these things happen. Like we've all... Mm-hmm potentially been on the other side of it. Yep, absolutely. So me as an administrator, I'm going to go ahead and disclose that to my users. Similarly, if I'm paying for a product or a service or hosting or whatever, I want to be told about that so that I can take the extra steps to protect my data at that point, my credentials, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And I, well, I I think it's not so much that consumers are now valuing it more. I think they've always valued it. Now they're starting to demand it. Well, with with the advent, I mean, with with Twitter being as popular as it is to call things out like, you know, people who right. don't report things. It's definitely a social media in general, especially, you know, something like this happens. People are like, hey, what the heck, man? What's going on? I can't access my shit. And Linode or whoever, and I'm and I'm generalizing here, would be like, oh, we don't know what's going on. But now it's, you know, they're saying, well, we know we're aware of a vulnerability. Here's the problem. We're waiting to really figure out what's actually going on. Mm. Please bear with us. And then they report, they release something like this. And the openness to me is mind blowing. I mean, it, it really, it really makes it feel like, you know, they are, they, they do care about the fact that I spend money with them. You know, hey, I'm, I'm spending X dollars with your product. I really want you to tell me when something's fucked up so that I can, like, prepare for it, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that, that means it's good news to me. Yeah. But as I as I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, like this really ties into what we talked about last episode when yeah. when you talk about choosing to go with an in-house solution or a uh, an outside source. I think this is one of those things where if it's so integral, I guess, to your your business, you really want to be hosting it yourself at that point. Right. You need to know how robust it is and you need to know that you can still access it or resolve any issues it might have were the infrastructure to go down. You want to have that immediate access and you can't do that with an outside provider. So yeah, yeah I, I realize I may sound like a bit of a hypocrite because last episode is like, oh, you know, use whatever you want. But there are some cases like I mentioned with uh, like really important infrastructure where you really want that in-house. Well, I mean, again, I mean, it really falls back to, yeah, having Git is great. Mm-hmm. But if it's that important that you can't lose it or it can't be vulnerable, then, I mean, really, you need to make sure that it's it's secure. It's mm-hmm. you know. The one thing that I actually found to be an interesting bit of feedback, actually. Yeah. So I just mentioned I taught that Git workshop last week and I asked people for feedback after the class. And one of the things that somebody said basically was that they didn't want to use our product and we're using GitLab community. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to use our instance of Git because we didn't explain to them how it was backed up and why it was secure. And what, what made me not furious, but just kind of like, what the hell are you saying about that is when has Git, GitLab ever 
never explained how they're backing up their data where and yeah. and whatever else, you know? Yeah. Like, if that was a question you had, you could have just asked me that, and I could tell you exactly how we back up the data. Exactly. And I could also tell you that it's even off-site, so... Mm-hmm. I, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't get any sort of such answer from GitHub, yeah. No. Um, they would just say, is. don't worry, basically. We've yeah. got this. Yeah. You're apparently, okay. Apparently they don't, because with the whole... I, You know what? There's been so many DDoSs over the past, like, two weeks, I don't even know which one it was that brought it down. Was it the... It was the... the second one? The second big one? No, it was the first big one. No, the first uh, big one was... That's what she said? What's his name's blog? Uh, uh, that one guy? Dan Kaminsky. It was his blog. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And then I think the se- there was a second big one, and then the third big one is our baddie this week, which we'll talk about later, but... Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. It was either the second one or the third one. I can't remember. But yeah, so, yeah. point being, <laughs> yeah, shit got fucked. <laughs> yeah, that's... I think that's it for the news, right? I think that is so. It for the news. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, a little bit of background for the discussion. Jathan and I were talking about specifically. He was talking about what was it? Monitoring. It was Nagios, right? I was working with Zabbix. 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 Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, because I had my my said issue. Right. Yeah, and he was trying to get data from like a raw output with very nice, clean, human readable output into JSON, which. Yeah is oh. kind of messy with said yeah that's and you know i was like just just use python and he he couldn't because it was for like a, a specific implementation he wasn't allowed to install any software on it because it was vendor controlled all that nonsense so he was a bit stuck and that got us talking well like what would have been better like how could that have been improved and i suggested xml jathan i almost said jason jathan is a big fan of yaml yaml and i brought this discussion into the the philly lug channel and there was a fair amount of discussion there for probably like a couple hours it was like what like an hour or two well yeah it kind of took off yeah it it took off i did not expect to be that much input about it and there were some very bold claims being thrown around yeah yeah there were some like you know xml has is is too heavy you know it's, it's too much data for a monitoring system but you know i mean you can you can make that case for a lot of others i think i guess between between Jathan and I, we both agree Jason sucks if you're trying to do any sort of manual generation or oh. human reading of it. The grouping of things in JSON does not make sense to me. It's, like, yeah. why do you need to put it in brackets but also comma separate it? Like, if you have the... You. Well, it's a list, so it needs to have some way of noting which... It might which... be a list. All right. It's read as a list. I can't even lie. I don't know actually, like, what the official names for various JSON <laughs> structures <laughs> are. I, I can't really delve into this argument that much i'm gonna listen very intently and yeah so well, you, and i'm gonna tell you why i love you well in JSON, just a little bit here well in json you can have variables and lists right as with many forms of data right xml Maybe. you can do it yaml sure. you can do it whatever sure you need the commas so normally in, in like a set of json you've got the the main curly break brackets right that enclose all the data and then inside that you've got different items right and each item can either be a variable or a list generally speaking you can do like arrays and and, and like dimensional arrays and stuff but we're not going to get into that because that's that's more of the same basically so with variables you can just do x in quotes colon y in quotes comma if you've got more data right that's a variable in, in json however you can also have x in quotes colon and then your your square brackets and then a comma separated list so that's what you were running into there which is why i said you know just do it as a list rather than appending to individual items and, p- and people listening aren't gonna have any sort of idea what i'm talking about here but event- eventually he had like x equals y x equals z x equals a you know like and apparently that's the way zabbix wants it which seems absolutely silly to me when it can be condensed into a nice neat list rather than an itemized sort of thing but whatever i guess that's on zabbix where they just don't cleanly parse that but either way it gets messy as hell because you've got brackets flying all over the place and that's why you need the commas as well, so it, it knows where to delineate that section, those sections, subsections, so on and so forth. I like XML because that's it's very visual. You know, you've got opening tags and closing tags, and you can use spec sheets in XML too, so you can define what those objects and and so on and so forth actually mean. Mm-hmm. YAML, I'm not so fond of because I I don't think in raw data you should really have it to be white space sensitive. That just, it does not make sense to me. And I can't, for the life of me, so, figure out why that would make so sense. So let me, let me touch on this. Yeah. For- 
in a couple you're ways. The one that, you're the one that likes YAML, so I Yeah, I and so the best. first thing I should say is my biggest use for YAML, my biggest exposure to YAML is... Yes? Fuck. Hyra <laughs> for Puppet. Yeah. So traditionally in older versions of Puppet, if you had to put data in your Puppet modules or manifests, there were a couple of sort of hacky ways to do it, but there was no true separation of, you know, uh, I'm doing air quotes here, code and data. So Hyra was introduced as a means for separating the two. And I don't know that, I don't think actually that Hyra was like a puppet invention. I think Hyra itself existed before, but it's basically like, you know, you have hierarchy and depending on where something falls in that hierarchy, that's how it gets its value in a lookup. That's H-I-R-A? H-I-E-R-A. Okay. Hyra. So our old old puppet server did not use Hira, but I definitely wanted the new one too, because I was very interested in having a separation of code and data. And for me, what that came down to more so was I could focus on writing the actual logic, the puppet modules and manifests, and mm. other people could worry about populating the data without having to actually touch my logic, which tends to be where they uh, get messy about it. Sure. So YAML is extremely easy to read. The data structures, hashes, and lists, they make sense to me. It is white space sensitive, which I am in favor of, because from an organization standpoint, when many people are contributing to it, it enforces something that everybody has to follow. So that's fine. Whatever. I understand what you're saying as well. From a like raw data perspective, maybe YAML doesn't make as much sense. But my issue with that is actually probably more of a complaint against or sort of a con with Zabbix, mm. because the way Zabbix treats things. So if I have, let's say I wrote a Zabbix template that monitors IOSTAT data. Mm -hmm. So when you run IOSTAT, you get columns and columns of information about all of your disks in the system. Instead of treating a single disk as, as, instead of treating a disk basically as a single entity with all of the things that IOSTAT tells you as properties of that entity, every single disk and every single entity associated with that disk is its own item in Zabbix. That's literally what they call it, an item. So if I have one disk with seven parameters, let's say the access service time, the read rate, and the write rate, I'll just go with three, right? Mm. If I have one disk with those three parameters, that's three separate items in Zabbix. So to me, knowing that, it would be easier to just have a flat YAML file to contain that information to me. It would still be specific items, though, when it wouldn't be parsed as a list. And that's Zabbix's fault. Yeah, we, we, we've, just, we've yeah, established that. That's the thing is, realistically, if I were to design it from the ground up, which... I'm not about to do because, you know, Zabbix in that regard is over my head, right? Mm -hmm. I would definitely do it differently to probably accommodate something. And, you know, based on this discussion, it would definitely be XML over JSON. I'm not sure that I would use YAML, but actually the way that Zabbix is designed right now, I think YAML is a better choice. And in general, for uh, mm -hmm. most applications, you know, it's not 1960, it's not 1970, it's not even 1980. We're not using fucking serial connections to gather data. Like we have the internet, we have network connections that are extremely fast. So for me, implementing that white space, if it makes it more human readable, it's just as easy to parse, in my opinion. And it's not like you're sending that much more data that it's a huge fucking deal. I don't know. I, I view it more as a, a writing component, right? So like writing... If you're writing, writing the output, yeah, for, yeah, for okay. testing or, or generating the output, if you're writing a, a custom monitoring module or something like that, it's a pain in the ass to get that spacing correct. No, it isn't. I Because if is. you're going to generate false data, mm -hmm. well, two things. If you're going to handwrite your data, it's not that hard to assign your tab key to be four spaces, which, you know, probably for both of us is the default anyway. Not for if, me, only if I'm writing Python. But... All right, well, then you're a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> the other thing, though, is, you know, it's not... Not that hard to just say insert four spaces between these different data points if you're generating it you know if you write a bash script or python to generate your falsified data or whatever your test mm. data it's not that hard to insert those spaces arguably i'd say it's easier to insert spaces than it is to make sure that you have all the proper formatting marks and tags of xml or json see i don't know see xml you just let, let's forget json because it's it's a cop-out right it's easy to generate machine wise hell there's a there's a, a json module in python that's part of the standard library it's easy to generate json but it's shit to look at and we all know this and i think it it makes it a clear loser in my mind yeah it's great if you want to minify your output i don't think anything else can beat it even xml my, my prized xml you can you can minify xml but you can't minify it to the point where you can minify it json but like the you said we've got like 10 gigabit networks now so that's not really that much of a concern 
My thing is, you can just as easily generate XML if you're using Python. You've got LXML, so you can take that Python array and easily build an XML output from it. All you need is the, the header. That's the only additional thing you need. And you've got the additional flexibility that XML gives you, you know? You can say, yeah. okay, this spec sheet is, this is for IO, right? And then you can have attributes according to that spec sheet. Okay, here's the thing. You're assuming, though, that we're using Python to generate our XML, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But if I were to send Payton, who doesn't have as much of an opinion and probably not as, as much experience, no offense, Payton, just yeah, no, no, right. from, from what you're saying, like, probably not as much experience parsing or dealing with any of these formats or, or mm-hmm. markers. If he were to take the leave JSON out of it because nobody can comprehend that shit <laughs> and nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's the best if you want high performance, though, because that's what Plug says. I I can I can see where they're coming from with it. I'll, I'll put it that way. But but if I were to give both to Payton, YAML and XML, mm-hmm. and let's say that he's interacting with it in terms of a monitoring system, and he's trying to write his own input, or sure. he's trying to write his own model, Out, or whatever output, it's called. Right. Yeah. Well, the output would be yeah, whatever. Which one is truly going to be easier for him, such that in addition to learning about this monitoring tool, he's not also learning about a particular markup? Well, let's ask him. Hey, Payton, have you ever written? in html yes i have that you have know you ever XML. written in english okay yes i have <laughs> with spaces yes i have damn it you've done yaml good job buddy <laughs> so i think that was a, a clear a clearly a, a bad <laughs> model so yeah so yaml is english-esque but well what you use in terms of your values in any of these languages in terms of like inside your tags or inside your markup mm. you know what you actually call your data types and stuff that could be as english-esque or not as you make it right yeah well yeah i mean i could call a variable xyz and it's not going to make any fucking sense yeah but you can't my, my whole point is you can't easily extend yaml by just rewriting your spec or but but yaml has so many data types that you could then go on to parse in any language or by any means that i think is just generally more extensible have you ever you tried doing nested arrays in YAML? It's not pretty. No, because why do you need to do that in this particular discussion? Okay, so let's say you've got, <laughs> well, let's use your model of IO, right? IO stats. Sure. You've got one one particular disk you want to know about. So that's one one item out of an array of possible disks. And then you want IO speed. So that's another a- array out of that disk because each disk has multiple attributes like speed and write speed and read speed and so on and so forth. You want the overall speed, input, output. And of those, you want want the last three readings that's what three levels of nested arrays but that's if you organize it that way that's because in the that example gives you access of... to all of the data though you can easily get the the info of another disk by just using the same model no realistically what i think you would use in terms of a yaml data type mm. for for that scenario is called a hash okay so basically, if we were talking about a blank file, the very first line would be your disk identifier. Sure. And then underneath that, you would press enter, you would enter four spaces, you would have the name of a property, a colon, and then the value for that property. Mm-hmm. I think that's all you need is a, a YAML hash. And there's plenty of ways to parse that. There's plenty of ways to interact with that. Well, that gives you two levels. Yeah, which is better than what you said. But visually, no, if you just look at it, it still makes sense. It's not. You want, I'm, I'm saying for what you want, you want three levels because you want those last three readings of that particular attribute of that disk that's three levels so you've got one level which is the disk identifier which you've got on the first line and then you have speed as the second item and then that's where you stop i want speed of the last three readings okay so then you make a list inside your hash or Mm -hmm. you just add to the hash and you say s1 s2 s3 and you keep all three values again this would be completely different i think if i were thinking about it from a like an embedded application where efficiency was very key in terms of size of what we're actually storing and stuff like that but realistically that does not apply to the majority of situations i don't know so like how i would do that in xml is i would have opening tag disk equals one next tag or really i could just do disk equals one attrib equals io speed or whatever i would call it in per the spec and i mean i could do it in one tag is what i'm saying sure but it's not really that much easier well i i guess that's largely a matter of preference at that point but i see it as easier yeah because you can either go the human readable route where you have the first step first tag being the disk and then the second tag being which attribute you want and then the third tag being you know which items of that attribute you want or you could just do it all in one tag and then make it a self-closing tag i don't know i just you know i see 
what you're saying too. And I understand like, honestly, I think for me, either one would be just as easy or hard as the other to actually work with. So for me, the fact that that's true in my mind, I haven't really done this necessarily, Mm. but for me, I would rather have the readability of YAML in conjunction with the ability to still store things that I need to store in a reasonable way. I don't know. It just, it it doesn't sit right with me. Like YAML for config files. Like, yeah, all right. Like YAML for Ansible stuff. Cause Ansible uses YAML for templates and not templates, but jobs we'll say, we'll call them. They're, They're really called playbooks. But if you haven't used Ansible before, you wouldn't know that. So jobs, right? Sure. Use the YAML format. Yeah, and, all playbooks are basically... Uh... Yeah, not even basically. They they straight up are with some Jinja support mixed in. But the but that's that's the thing. Like, it just... It's so... I can't tell you the amount of hours I've spent debugging because I had a tab instead of four spaces or vice versa. Or I missed the spacing by one space and then I had to go through the entire collection of playbooks, which at that point is like four different playbooks. Well, that for just one seems playbook. like shitty reporting on the part of, uh, <laughs> of Ansible. Well, it'll, it'll try its best and it usually does so, a pretty good so job. So here's what's but... really... Yeah, I don't want to really divulge too much from what we're actually talking about, but you know, you the one thing divert? I will say is what divert, divert. <laughs> divulge would be share. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, okay, share, huh? You're really, I'm pretty far into this week. Um, <laughs> okay. oh, are you really? Yeah. All right, uh, have a keep good going. Time. So anyway, in general, Puppet's reporting or its error logging in version 3.4.3, which is the only version I used before the newest, was fucking awful. But what's really cool now is there's How awful was it? fucking awful. There's something in Puppet called create resources. Yep. And so basically you can give it a list or you can give it a hash in the form of YAML. And basically what create resources is, is for every item in that list or that hash, do the same thing. Basically, it's like a loop, Mm -hmm. which Puppet didn't really have loops before. But what's really cool is if it actually fails, it will not just fail catastrophically. It will get through as much as possible. But when it fails, it will spit out the line in your YAML where it's actually getting tripped up, which is really nice. Yeah, and and Ansible does that. And it even tries to tell you where in that line it, it trips up. But here's the problem. YAML for a machine is really hard to parse. So Why? my guess is because white spaces, Chathan. <laughs> like, I, I which, don't know which why. Which one requires four tabs? four spaces for a tab well it's well it, it, it doesn't matter as long as you're consistent and that's oh, okay. the problem when you've got well, multiple people no no, no, no. when you've you got establish... multiple people working on a thing jason how many fights have you had with with the the python formatting with your one coworker? what number Lately? are you like uh, dozens no no we don't fight about that we agree on format oh. we disagree oh. on shebang convention <laughs> Okay. Well, my point is many people disagree on the white spacing of Python and YAML suffers from the same thing because it's white space sensitive. Do, do I use one space to denote a new item in a list or denote, I guess, item of a list? Do I use two? Do I use a tab? You know, people disagree on this. And when you start combining YAML files and YAML conventions that different people use, it gets fucked up really quick. So then you need but, to keep an internal style guide. Okay. Okay. Wait a second though. Sure. First of all, there are reasonable defaults, right? Like you can just say. Says no, who? Who makes them defaults? We use a tab. YAML doesn't have any sort of thing like a pep eight. It doesn't have a universally recommended style. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. If you can okay. link to me one, I'll gladly, I'll gladly redact I can tell that. You it doesn't. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> if someone is listening and can point me to one, I'll gladly redact it and put it in the errata. But in either yeah, case, absolutely. though, like how many projects have you worked on externally that don't have some kind of style guideline for that sort of thing? What that aren't Python? None. Okay, but no, that that is Python. That we're talking about Python and YAML because apparently they're the same shit. They're not the same shit. They're equivocal. Well, they have similar qualities in terms of white space. Sure. Yeah. But okay, my, so... my, my, my whole point is Python has pep eight. YAML doesn't have a, an equivalent document, to my knowledge. But not every project follows Pep8, so they still publish their own guidelines. And it's easily convertible to Pep8. Possibly. No, it, it definitely is. Like, any modern Python IDE will gladly convert to Pep8, or at least tell you where it fails to conform to Pep8. I mean, for uh, Pete's sake, Genie does it, and Genie's like the thinnest Python IDE I've seen, well, you know? So, I guess. so it's, with Python, you've at least got a reference you can look to and say, look, you're not conforming to the universal recommended standard here. With YAML, you don't. It's all, I feel like this document looks best this way. And if you deviate from that, shit don't work. Shit don't work, you know? Yes. So that's another big issue I have with YAML is just it's so easy to become messy. With XML, like, it doesn't matter what the white space is. If you want, you could put double spaces in between. You could you could put a tab here, a space there. It doesn't matter. It, the machine just reads it all as one unit, you know? It, it just parses out the, it by tags. It doesn't read it by white space. Yeah, sure, it can be annoying if you're not used to the whole idea of attributes and, and tags and things like that. And yeah, you do have to write a spec if you're 
deviating from one that's already out there. But I would say it's worth it because it gives you a lot more flexibility and you don't need to worry about that kind of, you know, collaborative mess. I just think that unless you're working on something and unless you're working on something that your whole team is going to be educated enough and and it's not like XML is some extremely complicated thing, Mm. I'm sure most people could look at an example of it and follow the convention or whatever if they were adding to it. I just don't know Mm -hmm. if it's the right tool for most jobs. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. It is. I would say it can I would say be. that it's very good for some things. I think the fact that XMPP messages are actually just raw XML stanzas is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're very easy to pick apart because of the tags and because of where everything belongs and you know this and that's great and that's fucking yep. awesome and we can all get together and have a party. <laughs> <laughs> or you could even pipe it into like pipe it into like I don't know Python processor and, and see a tree of that XML. No, I wouldn't do any piping. Okay, no piping. Sure. Well, if you need to debug it and you need that human readable Look, output, we're not piping. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Sure. Why not? No, but but the thing is, I don't know. I just I really don't see the issue with white space. I if you need human readable by nature, and I guess that's I understand why Ansible goes with YAML, for instance, because primarily it's humans managing those playbooks those jobs but right? even any language that you're going to use to parse it can handle the fucking white space or if you're talking about python probably ruby although who the fuck knows probably Perl, although who the fuck knows c plus plus there's going to be a fucking library that you can use to parse yaml just as easily as you can parse xml yeah there's there's PyYaml, but i it just it does not sit well with me because you still have to sit down and and what if the thing you're using to generate that uses a, a very specific format right there's no real way to grab a component and then arbitrarily put it in an element i guess I don't know. Like, it just, it does not sit well with me. I I honestly, I guess part of it is that I've never fucking worked with YAML outside of just editing YAML. Yeah, you have. EJabberD. Which, by the way, has terrible debug output if you have spacing wrong. Oh, one of those items. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. It basically just says the function (laughs) you're trying to implement is not working. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, Jeopardy. That's great. I wonder why. Is it failing to start? We'll never know. Yeah, I and I will grant to them that switching from the Erlang syntax, while it makes it more of a pain in the ass to set up an eJeopardy config, does make it more readable because I think we it's can all agree. Readable. Like, yeah, the Erlang, one thing I don't like is the the default config has so much shit there. Oh, well, you just comment it out, but the problem it's is comment it out, but. But the thing I don't like about it is if it's commented out, do you remove the hash and the spaces between or before the text or do you just remove the hash? Well, you wouldn't have that problem with XML, would you? No, (laughs) but I didn't say that we should use it for config files. Right. I know. I know. Really, I think as far as configs go, we haven't really had a better instance than any. The any style for for, for like config files, not not data, but config files. Yeah, it's really straightforward. Or, you know, honestly, like if you're working in something like Python or whatever, it's so easy to write a custom custom config parser mm-hmm. just make it fucking simple like and headers and square brackets and directives with equal signs underneath that's what fucking... any is yeah 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 and there is there is a python any library so if you really wanted to you know you could read yeah. read and write even modify any files which is super awesome but yeah I, and any any also does have limitations let's let's like if you've ever seen unreal like unreal gold the the yes the game from the mid 90s or whatever that uses any for the config files. If you open one of those up, you've got like, it's a mess. You you have items in there that are like three levels deep where it's like item one dot item two dot item three in the square brackets. And you're like, well, there's got to be a better way than any for that level of mm-hmm. management, I guess. And I don't know what that would be <laughs> because I've, I've mostly only just seen any style configs. But at the same time, it's something everybody knows. If you've configured SSH, you know any. If you've con- configured just about anything, you know any. I mean, Windows users use any. You know what I really Any think key. we should do to settle this? What's that? We should have somebody propose a fake scenario in which we have to generate a sort of send and then interpret some data and we should do it in... You can do it in XML, I'll do it in YAML and we'll see who's oh, is that's actually better. bullshit. I don't want to have to... <laughs> you know what? I've got a better oh, idea. Man. Why don't you come up with a new config format and a new data format and submit them to us? Let's get some actual new stuff on the market. But who's going to adopt that? You? No, well, I'm not saying I would, but I'm saying like if it's out there and it's actually superior to existing options, it's gonna probably win and and gain support, right? I everybody yeah. wins. Everybody Other than nobody's going wins. to adopt my standard, I'll have wasted many hours of time. Probably no. wrote down the standard in my fountain pen. No, 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 no. All right, first of all, don't write that shit down in your fountain pen because that makes for a, a horrible man page. Oh but my God. <laughs> second of all, 
like if people are if, if people actually start working on this because i think like we've all just kind of dealt with it we're like oh this is yaml oh this is any oh this is xml whatever i'll just deal with it you know people never really gave a thought to like how can we do this better so how do you know though I, i'm pretty sure so you're saying i could do it better well I, maybe not you particularly i'm sure well there's already can. yet another markup language what's mine gonna be called uh jamal J- jamal <laughs> <laughs> jathan's Oh no, Jamal. Jathan's other markup language. <laughs> I like the sound of Jamal. I think the name alone would be enough for people to be like, fuck this, I'm not doing it. No, man. I can uh, I can totally dig Jamal. I'd use Jamal if it was good enough. <laughs> Alright, well. <laughs> Okay, so we can see the re- first release of Jamal in about two weeks, right? Sure. I mean, I've obviously got no friends, no life, and nothing to do. <laughs> But Jamble yeah, I, 1.0. I think we both can agree Erlang as a config language is terrible. If you're, well, oh, like, oh, God. Yeah. It was I like mean, writing Erlang a config. Erlang is a fucking programming language. Yeah. Why yeah. would you possibly think that you should write your config in Erlang? And it's so much fucking like Fucking eJabberd. I love your product, but sometimes I don't. I believe it's eJabberd D. I don't Whatever. think it's eJabberd. I usually just say eJabberd. Okay, fine. But yeah, like, it was, I, I get it. The things written in Erlang, which is great, it makes it super fast, easy to cluster, a lot of benefits to actually writing it in Erlang, but I'm really glad they did move away from Erlang for the config because it was like trying to use JSON in a config file, you know, with those, the brackets, just nonstop brackets. There's got to be some example of someone doing that for real. What? A JSON config. I mean, I know there is. I don't think I can mention where, but... <clears throat> Really? I I I do know that it has been used and it is silly, but I'll leave that at that because it's it's just it's so it makes me so angry. Like I understand it's it's great for web developers and it's it's great for Python developers. You know, we've got standard lib JSON. You've got it's so widely supported. I am basically starting to feel like this discussion actually sucked. We made zero <laughs> conclusions. I'm drunk now. Hayden's <laughs> just sitting there fucking sniffling away. Yeah, sorry. I'm Everything sucks. <laughs> you suck. YAML has ruined my life. I thought you said you loved YAML. I do, but it's Jamal. still ruining everything. <laughs> J- Jamal. 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 Whatever. I don't know. I don't think XML's ruined my life, so I guess that's another check plus for your, uh, for XML. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm biased because I've stared so much at it for the podcast, but... Have you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did tell you, I'm, like, for the new site, I'm manually generating the XML with Python. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing it. It's gonna be yeah, awesome. He doesn't tell us anything, folks. You think that we're part of the show? No. <laughs> Actually, no. You know what? I can I can have text pattern generate the XML just fine. I was going to, I think, at one point, and I figured out how to use LXML and everything, but I'm not gonna go that route. I'm just gonna have text pattern generate it for me. But I could have, and I have stared at a lot of XML. Have you? Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. Have you really? I have. Uh, and I've obviously sure used plenty should, of you know what? Are you sure that's something you should uh, proclaim loudly? Sure. <laughs> and I'm using I'm using XML. A lot now. Oh, okay. Wait, all right. Listen, enough of your sass, okay? I have no sass. What are you talking about? <laughs> I feel like I'm there's. Just there. I feel like there's ain't sass. Got no class either. Uh, bitch. I ain't got no sass. Ain't no sass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using no all right, all right, all right. I'm using XML a lot too now with uh, free switch. Oh, yeah? um, are you? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> are you gonna contribute anything meaningful to this, or just gonna just gonna ask? Oh, are you? Have you? Are you sure you want to be saying that? So, uh huh. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this: What yeah? introduced you to YAML versus XML versus uh, JSON? The honest truth for me, my first big exposure to YAML was, uh, like I mentioned, Hira for Puppet. For me, it was the Jabber D. Okay. Well, yeah. So, the well, they made th- that they made that switch over a while back, but yeah. I, I feel like you didn't. You used yeah, it I, when it was still I, using the Erlang config. And then I did. You did yeah, use it for a long time. For a long time. Yeah. yeah. The place where I was first exposed largely to XML was actually messing around with XMPP. Oh, okay. Ironically enough, <laughs> generated probably via eJeopardy, right? Probably. Absolutely. Yeah. Because so I are... wanted XMPP to take over the fucking world, but nobody's with me. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm right with, there with you, you, buddy. I love right XMPP, and don't don't believe the hype. XMPP is not dead. It's not dying. Don't believe the hype. But let's see. My first XML experience. I want to say I feel like it might have been with XMPP as well. I can't. I can't recall. I, I, I know I've used XML before I've used eJabber, or uh, YAML. YAML, my first experience with it was, well, eJabberD. Yeah? eJabberD, okay. yeah. Hmm. JSON, though, that Long was... Pause. Yeah, well, I had to I had to think about it. I wanted to make sure. Oh, okay. You, know, I had to... you were getting so sassy. You need to tone it down, mister. I don't know what you're talking about. Calm the <laughs> fuck down. 
I'm just sitting here. <laughs> oh, well, well, settle down. But JSON, geez, I I don't actually know that I've spent that much time using it. Probably because every time I'm faced with it, I just get pissed. Mine can was. I, can I alias JSON to be Jathan? Can I just type <laughs> Jathan and start typing in JSON? Well, then it 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 sounds like you've got a lisp. A little off. Typing with a lisp. Better times are coming, Payton. Soon we'll have Jamal. 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 Jesus. Lisp, by the way, is another programming language. Oh, Quite like Erlang, but, uh, you know, that's that's totally beside the point. Um, you know what? JSON, I first had my experience with it when I was dealing with, like, REST APIs. A lot of that mm. stuff uses JSON output. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it was the Linode okay. API, specifically. Oh, was it? Oh. J- Payton, you're driving me nuts. <laughs> Knock it off. When did you me- uh, mess with the Linode API? Oh, that was years ago. That was when I first set up my uh, dynamic DNS script, so that would have been... Five years ago, maybe. Wow, all right, something like that. It's been a while. It's been more than several years. So yeah, now that I'm thinking of it, uh, I want to say there used to be some uh, Twitter stuff I was working on that was mostly JSON with OAuth built in stuff. Believe that uses JSON as well. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of a lot of web APIs use JSON. Which whatever, fuck them. What's a what do you mean? A lot of web APIs use JSON. What like name one? The Linode API, Twitter Twitter API. Okay, (laughs) like I I would say most of them. Guys, not even paying any attention to us. (laughs) Yeah, what are you doing? You guys don't know anything. Just name a few. (laughs) Last ten minutes have been about them. (laughs) No, I mean, you know what? You're you're a raging rager. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) raging rager. All right. Yeah, you bet I am. I'm, yeah. I'm ready to move on to the baddies. Are you guys ready to move on to the baddies? I am, and I'm very willing to take the baddie. Well, it's, it's your section, so I was hoping. So. I don't know what the fuck this is a baddie for, though. Say, you mean... didn't read the article? Oh, no, I did read it. I'm oh reading God. it again, but... Really? No, stop it. <laughs> but what I don't see mm-hmm. is any kind of actual cause. They It's still up in the air. It's, it's a pretty recent one. They, they don't know. If I... I had to guess it's the same actors as um, the other two massive outages, the, the massive DDoSs. I would say it's the same actors. But for all we know, it could be... Oh, no, no, no. Wait, you know what? I think I saw on Twitter it was like a, a BGP-related thing. Like, it was a BGP misconfiguration. But go on. Talk about the batting. We'll, we'll talk about it after. Sure. In any case, so this week's baddie, this is an article from Ars Technica, and the headline is, Level 3 drops its packets for hours, causing internet traffic jam. Let it go, level 3. Right. So once once again, large swaths of the internet in the United States were affected by a major morning network outage today. This is from November 2nd. This time, it was a tier one network service provider level three communications that was at the center of the problem, which disrupted parts of the internet's backbone. But for the moment, it does not appear that the outage was triggered by a denial of service attack or other network attack. In a statement sent to the media, Nikki Wheeler, level three senior director of communications, wrote, our technical team is looking into this issue to determine the cause. Our priority is to ensure the reliability of our network and service services we'll provide any updates as more information becomes available i'm not going to read the rest of this yeah we'll link it (laughs) so you can read the rest of it but what's interesting to me about this and perhaps what makes it a baddie to me is the fact that level three didn't realize this was going on before other people did yeah i feel like if you run a major component of the internet like level three Mm -hmm. you probably should have some kind of monitoring in place that actually detects packet loss well and that's the thing like level three is a major u.s backbone provider and it's not like this was, you know, oh, we lost 2% of packets, which even that is probably, I don't want to just say it's straight up unacceptable because at the level that they are, huh, no pun intended or anything, um, but you know the capacity that they're handling the amount of traffic that they're actually seeing i don't know what their average packet loss looks like there's got to be some but it's it's usually i would say in the single digits if not decimals yeah okay but in any case this very obviously was much higher than that so Mm -hmm. they should have a baseline this should have raised some red flags and if as you mentioned it was a configuration issue regardless of where that configuration issue might have arisen is that a word arisen Yes. Arisen is a word. Look at me doing shit. Wow. (laughs) In any case, they should have figured it out ahead of time or something. (laughs) Thank you, Jason. Wow. Oh, God. Right. No, it's a valid point, though. You know what I mean. 
I do a lot of, you know, global routing type things with my work because I work for a VPN proxy provider. And I noticed it right away. I was like, oh, hey, these customers are complaining about this. We're getting alerts from these particular nodes. Something's going down. I was like, oh, maybe it's another DDoS. Great. So, you know, I'm trace around and all that. I check internethealthreport.com, which is super handy, by the way. And I see some problems on level three. And I'm like, oh, that so explains it. Like when it's in the red, that's a bad thing. And when it's in the red and it has a number in the, the three digits, the number given inside the boxes is the amount of latency. Right. So when you see that number in the red with three digits, you know something's going down and it's not good. So I noticed before then and then I was like, okay, well, I guess I just need to sit this out for a bit because it's obviously a backbone issue. I'm not a backbone engineer and I don't have any contacts at level three, so not much I can do. And then I'm I'm looking at Twitter and... Everybody else is noticing it. And then all of a sudden I see reports like this is like maybe an hour after it's been an issue, 45 minutes at the very least after it's been ongoing. And then finally we get reports like, oh, level three is looking into it. Oh, level three says it was a BGP issue. Great. And it was it was a I would say at least two hours before it, it resumed service. And it was just a mess. Interestingly enough, it seemed to only affect US to UK and internal UK routes and not all of them, just, you know, some of them that were using that backbone, but it seemed to only only affect those hmm. at least in in my experiences so you know what the problem was uh, right? well, uh, twitter was also affected was what's that well citra leak they were they were testing things testing in production yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck it we'll do it live <laughs> we'll do it live <laughs> right but you know <laughs> yeah i i don't re- recall seeing any sort of a detailed report from them from the after aftermath so i don't know whoever did that if they got fired or not but you know what level three here's to you you win a baddie right. for fucking up bgp and for being a backbone routing provider good good job yeah so that's it that's all we have for this episode does anybody else have any closing remarks or anything like that jayton sucks <laughs> i'd just like to point anything out how much i love hayden yeah Well, I don't know, but most days I just wake up and I want to call you Papa. (laughs) Oh, that's nice, dear. Jacqueline is so drunk. I love this. All right. Any closing remarks with value and or substance? Also, if anybody has experience with Yorsh, I'm interested in hearing about them. (laughs) No one has experience with Yorsh. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Anything else? We're good? No, we're good, I think. Okay. This has been matter if we had anything else to say. Well, I mean, it depends. Is it going to be something of value? I don't know. (laughs) You are so out of it. What are you (laughs) doing? I'm not. I'm not. We're talking about. I'm not. He's all hopped up on the cold medicine. I'm not. Yeah, sniffling over there. (laughs) He's doing something. He's totally not with us. Blow the way it sounds. I'm with you guys. I'm here. Just the the yamel and Jason and. (laughs) Jamal and it's Jamal. I don't know any of that. You're not allowed to uh, use it if you fuck up the name. It's Jamal. You know what? You know what? It's gonna be Jamal from now on. Jamal. Jamal. It's gonna be Jamal. What there would, you go. What would the A be? Jathan's asshole markup language? No. Just well, ask. There is no man page. You just have to ask. Jathan. Who, who do you ask? Jathan's ask markup language? No. You just ask me. Jathan. What would the A be in Jamal? I already told yeah. you. Just ask markup language. Just ask. Just There's ask. no documentation. No, no, no. Because no. if you, you want to learn about it, name. you have to ask questions. It's a spoken word of mouth <laughs> learning process. It's, <laughs> As opposed to an unspoken word of mouth word one. Of, <laughs> it's a data format <laughs> documented by rote. Oh, oh God, God, I am a serious fucking idiot. Oh. Yes, you. Yes, you are. I'm so glad that you agreed to that. God. Hey, yes. you know what? There is unspoken word of mouth. Unspoken there, word of how mouth. Can there, Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah, how, back up. Back the train up for a second. How can there be unspoken Pull word it back into please. the station. Oral please sex is me. unspoken word of mouth. No, that's spoken. What? No, it isn't. Oral? Text is not. Yeah, oral sex. It's, it, no, it's not word of mouth because there are no words at that point. What? It's action. Action. It's a means for communicating. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, wait, communication wait. through action. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Is he trying to say that oral sex is unspoken word of mouth? Yes, that's exactly what he's trying to say. <laughs> you have to have words <laughs> to words it, for it to be word of Jaton, mouth. Jamal. You also need consent for oral sex. Right, okay. But that has nothing to do okay. with the phrase unspoken word of mouth. Uh, <laughs> well, not, look, not getting it here. You assholes put so me in the closet. You give me no, whiskey, you put yourself in and the then closet. you expect me to Dude, say you, shit. What do you think is going to come closet. out of my mouth? About you put yourself in the, in the closet. closet. You gave yourself whiskey. This is all on you. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, will not have me to come back though. I will not have any part of that responsibility. Yeah, I mean, you're the one that's in the closet. I believe really. you mean spoken word of mouth. 
AKA Rote by Rote R O T E. Yeah, I yeah I I hope that's what he means because I I think that's what he really means. An idiot. <laughs> I mean, it just you know. All right, all right, all right, all right. Anyways, episode Anyways, over. This has been no. Sis Admi- no, no, no. This has been Sis Minutes <laughs> Trivia. I'm Brent. I wrote Jamal. Um, Peyton. See you around. Big thing is gonna be being nice little human beings. And the next big thing is gonna be no more starving babies. The next big thing is gonna be I'll be you and you be me. And the next big thing is gonna be everything. Everything, so come on. Have you heard the news? Warms and you're cool, warms and you're cool. Come on, what you got to lose? Warms and you're cool, warms and you're cool. The next big thing is gonna be tenderness to the extreme. The next big thing is gonna be moms and You got to lose warms in the cool, warms in the cool.